My name is Andrew Bustamante, and this is Everyday Espionage. I recently returned to the U.S. after spending a year abroad with my family. We had a lot to do when we got back. We had to somehow get to Florida. We had to find an apartment, and we had to buy a car. Now, one of the things that drives me crazy about buying a car actually has nothing to do with salespeople or price negotiation or even the hours of research that you spend online trying to decide on a make and a model, used or new, any of that. The thing that drives me crazy is that anytime people you know find out you're buying a car, everyone wants to offer their two cents about what car you should buy. Has that happened to you? Do you know what I'm talking about? Man, it is so frustrating. It's comical. Every conversation you have with someone always seems to start the same way. First, they say, I hear you are looking for a car. (laughs) And from that one statement, you know you are doomed. The experience for me is so fresh in my mind, I'm actually cringing still, even as I tell you the story today. But there was an awesome espionage lesson hidden right in the middle of that experience, and it slapped me across the face, so I felt like I had to share it with you. Now, after we landed in Florida and picked a nice cozy place to live, I went on the almighty car hunt. A few days into that hunt, my father-in-law came over to visit the kids. He came up to me and he said, Andy, I hear you are looking for a new car. (laughs) Of course he said that, right? That's what everybody says. Then he went on. Now, you have to buy a Toyota because Toyota makes the best cars. It's the only car we ever buy. It'll keep your family safe. If you want to take care of your kids and you want to take care of your wife and you want to save money, you got to buy a Toyota. Now, I was not at all surprised to hear my father-in-law Give me car buying advice. He gives me advice about everything. You've heard me tell stories about him before, so I know you aren't surprised either. But his love affair with Toyota is well known to us, but maybe not so well known to you. What's funny is that he has no logical reason to like Toyota as much as he does. I mean, he doesn't understand cars. He has technically only ever owned two Toyotas in his entire life, and both of them he's only owned in the last 10 years. And the guy barely drives anywhere. You see, the reason he loves Toyota is because he loves Japan and all things Japanese. And Toyota is Japan's largest car maker. His preference for Toyota isn't rational, it's emotional. And his brain associates all things Japanese, movies, food, arts, religion, anything, with his own positive experiences living in Japan. He had a great life in Japan, right? He studied art. He traveled. He surfed. He raised two daughters in a tight-knit Japanese community where they all followed the same Japanese sect of Buddhism called Nichiren Buddhism. And even though it feels logical and rational to him that Toyota must make the best cars, it isn't actually logical. His certainty is based in something known as a cognitive bias, a specific cognitive bias known as the halo effect. Now, cognitive biases are like a shortcut 
in how the human mind thinks. We have dozens of these shortcuts based on our own personal assumptions, our experiences, our emotions, and our beliefs. Now, because my father-in-law loved his time in Japan, he built a strong set of emotional connections with the culture and the country. Those emotional connections over time became actual physical neural connections in his brain. And those neural connections actually bypass, they shortcut logical connections because they want to help his brain work faster. Your brain loves cognitive biases. It loves these shortcuts because they make it possible for the brain to reach conclusions quickly. It doesn't really care if those conclusions are right or wrong. It matters how fast the conclusion can be made. Now, my father-in-law loves Japan, so his cognitive bias drives him to support all products associated with Japan. It's like the halo around an angel's head. That's why this specific cognitive bias is called a halo effect. He loves Japan. That's the center of the circle. Everything related to Japan, the halo, also gets the same bias from him because it's centered on Japan. It's not because the products are actually the best. It's not because Japan is actually the best. It's because his bias associates Japanese products with his joyful memories of Japan. That's why he loves Toyota. So needless to say, he made it clear to me that he, vote, I buy a Toyota. Now, later in the same day, I actually went to a coffee shop and I called a Nissan dealership. Don't tell my father-in-law. I called a Nissan dealership to set up an appointment to meet with a salesman. An older lady in the same coffee shop actually overheard my call and she made eye contact with me. It was clear that she was waiting for me to finish the call. And as soon as the call was over, she came over and she sat across from me. I heard you were looking for a new car. <laughs> Seriously, lady, everybody starts the conversation the exact same way. So she did it. I heard you were looking for a new car. And she went on to tell me that the Ford dealership down the street was a much better place than the Nissan dealership I called. Because the salesman at the Ford dealership gave her a great deal on the car she bought just a few weeks earlier. She told me all the salespeople at the Ford dealership were kind and people-oriented, not like the money-hungry monsters at all the other dealerships. Now, just like my father-in-law, I really didn't care what her suggestions were. But unlike my father-in-law, her car preferences pointed to a completely different kind of mental flaw, something called a logical fallacy. In her mind, she logically connected the one good salesperson she met at the Ford dealership with the entire sales staff at the dealership. Then she concluded that it must mean that all salespeople in that dealership were good and kind. And then finally, she took that logical connection and she made the argument to me, something I'm sure the Ford dealership would love to know. In reality, though, her argument was flawed. It was built on a logical fallacy that's known as the false cause fallacy. Now, a logical fallacy happens when an argument is presented as reasoned and logical when it is not actually fact. The false cause fallacy specifically happens when an argument claims a connection between cause and outcome, but cannot prove that the outcome is in fact based on the cause. So in the case of the Ford sales staff in this lady's story, her argument was 
all the salespeople must be people-oriented because her specific salesperson gave her a good deal. The problem is that that argument is not sound. It cannot be proven. The outcome can't be tied to the cause. Therefore, the argument is not logical. It is not a fact. It's a flaw. It seemed factual to her in her head and her experiences. And when she talks to most people, the way that she gives her objective walkthrough of that fallacy, of that logic, allows people to consider her recommendation logical and reasoned. But it's not. Her information is in fact valid, but it is not in fact correct. You see, information is prone to getting confused and twisted by these two totally human, totally natural mental shortcuts, the cognitive bias and the logical fallacy. And like I said, there are dozens of biases. There are dozens of fallacies, and we are all naturally predisposed to having them happen to us. And while neither of these can be fully avoided, you can learn to spot and overcome both. So a cognitive bias is an illogical shortcut that's wired into your own thinking based on your own assumptions, experiences, emotions, and beliefs. If you have a thought and simultaneously feel an emotion, there's a good chance you are immediately experiencing a cognitive bias. During the elections, headlines and attack ads actually rely on your cognitive bias to drive your vote. They want an emotional reaction. A logical fallacy, on the other hand, is an illogical argument that someone else makes that appears to be reasoned and sound even though it isn't. Logical fallacies can happen accidentally, like it did with the lady who was talking to me, or it can happen on purpose, which you will see during every presidential debate and public address this election season. Now, you have learned about false cause today. So, Over the next few weeks and months, you will start to see it over and over again. You'll find dozens of logical fallacy examples if you take a look at the past elections. Every piece of information you encounter every day is either coming from your experience or someone else's experience, which means every piece of information is prone to a bias, or it's prone to a fallacy, or it's prone to both. Remember, if the information is coming from your own experience, it's prone to a bias. If the information is coming from someone else's experience, it's prone to a fallacy and potentially a bias before that. So even the information you are hearing from me right now is technically prone to bias and fallacy. That's what's so important to understand about bias and fallacy and information. If you want to master information the first thing you have to do is recognize all information you come in contact with has a background in bias or fallacy. That's the way to approach the information. Don't trust it right from the beginning. Always recognize there's a bias or a fallacy just one step back. Now, when you recognize that bias and fallacy are at play, what you do is you give yourself much needed space to stop and think before you reach a conclusion. So think about it. My father-in-law didn't want me to stop and think when he recommended I buy a Toyota. He wanted me to go out and buy a Toyota. The lady I met at the coffee shop didn't want me to stop and think before I went down the street to go talk to the Ford dealership. She wanted me to just change my plans and go talk to the Ford dealership. That's how information works. 
When someone talks to you, when a news broadcast talks to you, when a social media influencer talks to you, they don't want you to stop and reflect on their information. They want you to act on their information. When you understand bias and fallacy, it gives you the space to keep from falling victim to incorrect, incomplete, or just plain old fake information. That way you can find the facts that matter the most to you. And that is Everyday Espionage. Everyday Espionage is dedicated to one thing, educating everyday people. I know that not everyone will listen, but those who listen will learn. If you learned something new today, click subscribe, review, and share the podcast with a friend. Find me on social media at Everyday Spy or on my website, everydayspy.com. If you are up for a special challenge, visit everydayspy.com forward slash operations and join me for an authentic spy training mission. And above all else, remember that knowledge is freedom.